Testing, one, two, three. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, here we are. We are in the book, everybody. What's the name of it? Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible. So we're on the third section. We've talked about knowing the scriptures. We've talked about knowing God. And now, drum roll, we're going to talk about angels. Are there angels still around today? Wow, anybody ever seen one? I have, I have, yeah, 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 never forget it, you, you never forget it, but uh, uh, I was pastoring there in Hobbs, and he just dropped by one day, I was out on the, our church was out like four miles north of town, and uh, the secretary uh, buzzed me and said, there's someone here to see you, and wants to speak with the pastor, and uh, so I said, okay, and I, you never know whether it's going to be someone needing money, help, you know, whatever. And I came out, and he was dressed pretty shabbily, really, just to be honest. But he, uh, I had a, it was a Dake's Bible, a lot like this one, laying there on my desk. And he, you know, stood there in the doorway for a while. We, you know, just kind of shot the breeze for a minute. And then he said, I hope you know I'm here on divine assignment. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, God has seen what you're doing here. And he's well pleased. And I said, wow, awesome. And he said, let's walk in the sanctuary here. So we walked in the sanctuary. And he, he took my Bible. Oh, my mind is kind of, yeah. My mind is going crazy. This guy, is this, is this the real deal? What, what's going on? What, what is, you know, is this, is this the real deal? And we go into the sanctuary. And I've still got the Bible. It's at the house. I already... I wore it out. This is the second one I've wore out of these dakes. But he went through and put stars by several scriptures. They said these are really important in the kingdom of God. You know, I was a young guy, like 28, 29 years old, and put stars by all of it. And we talked for a little bit. And then he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ease on now, you know. But he said something really profound that uh, about the master or something like that. Uh, remember the exact statement but it just really hit me and so uh, I showed him to the front door and let him out and I thought I gotta go I don't know I jumped in my car literally he was walking there he didn't come in a vehicle he just walked in the front door I drove up and down the, I drove up the highway this way went that way went every which way he was not to be found I mean he yeah yeah I'm out four miles north of town no uh, yeah it was it was definitely a divine appearance anyway angels yeah they they are still around there's another guy in my church that owned a coffee company and he had his uh, van loaded up with coffee and had a blowout doing 70 miles an hour and when you have a blowout on your cars on their front right what does your car usually do like that he it never went down it never went down and he looked out there and he saw a form of a, of a, of a person out there just running along beside the the van and he said he got it over to you know slowly hit his brake got over the side of the road and right when he stopped the angel let go and just goes wow. <laughs> like that he said pretty pretty 
phenomenal. So that's two, two or three experiences that I've heard, you know, one personally and one of people that, uh, anyway, they are still amongst us. And uh, if you get the opportunity to, to visit with one or see one and they drop in your, in your world, there was one that actually, I, I'm pretty sure, came here one day too. I'm still in question about it. Uh, but he came into this deal here. I was working outside. Anyway, it's kind of the same story. He just said, God has seen what you're doing and well pleased, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't go try to looking for him. I was really busy. And so I, in my mind, I'm still today, was he really or was this just a, you know, just a guy passing yeah, yeah, but anyway, it was it was still it was still a good word, whether it was a person or, or an angel. But yeah, anyway, back to angels. Surrounding us is a spirit world far more populous, powerful, and resourceful than our own visible world of human beings. Spirits, good and evil, wind their way in our midst. With lightning speed and noiseless movement, they pass from place to place. They inhabit the spaces of the air above us. Some, some we know to be concerned for our welfare. Others are set on our harm. That's the reason I was kidding you all tonight. I said good angels, bad angels. The inspired writers draw aside the curtain and give us a glimpse of this invisible world in order that we may both be encouraged and warned. So if you look at the word angel, this is for 50 bonus points, but in the Hebrew word it's malak, M-A-L-A-K. That means a deputy. In the Greek word, it's angelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, angelos, or pastor or messenger. So that's kind of the Hebrew and the Greek Greek word of it. So in our outline here on page 80, uh, we're going to talk about angels, the good ones. Then we're going to talk about Satan. Was he an angel? Yep. he's the. He, he, he was a good one to start with, wasn't he? And then became a fallen angel and took some of the... The other angels with him and then lastly in the third category we'll talk about wicked spirits and these are some of the fallen angels and demons there are still demons you know Jesus dealt with them several instances and uh, if you've watched the chosen you've seen Jesus do some pretty powerful powerful stuff you know Mary in the what is it the second season one the second one you know just you know just powerful uh, very, very good stuff. Anyway, let's. I haven't. Yeah. Okay. I need to. I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to that. Yeah. I'm going back and I just fe- finished all of season one again, and, and and now I'm rolling into season season two again, and then I want to watch season three really slow and intently, but. that microphone y'all, y'all pass that around when you yeah anyway awesome good okay all right <laughs> anyway they're natures they are number a creatures that means they're what created beings paul you know wrote somewhere there i can't remember which epistle that that he god has you know made all of these things both visible and invisible did God create them? Yes, he did. And they have a purpose, they have an assignment, they have a mission. So they were called forth out of nothing by the almighty power of God. We're not told the exact time of their creation, but we know that before man appeared, they had been long in existence and that the rebellion of those under Satan had already taken place 
leaving two classes. Number one, the good and the evil. Uh, being creatures, they refuse worship. And man on his part is forbidden even to worship them. Uh, Colossians 2.18, you can read that for yourself. But it says that we do not worship angels. Paul was dealing with that there with the church at Colossa. He let them know we do not, you know, we worship God and him only. So, Number two, uh, be their spirits. But they can, what, manifest themselves as a physical body. You know, right now there may be uh, three or four in this room right here. Uh, has anybody ever been in the presence of God so much to where you felt almost like there was a breeze in the in the room? Could have very well been a, you know, an angel there uh, in your in your presence. You know, just passing by. So, so they're spirits. They appear and disappear at will. They travel uh, with unimagined rapidity, without the use of natural means. Though purely spirits, they have the power to assume the form of human bodies in order to make their presence visible to the senses of men. They are immortal. They're not subject to death. Uh, let's read this. Somebody grab Luke uh, 20, 34 and 35. Lisa, you got it? Okay, and then uh, Corey or whoever, are you getting yours to, to okay, grab, uh, well, it's the same one, actually. That's the only one I need. It's down here. Uh, Luke 20, verse 34 and 35. This is going to let us know under C that they're immortal, and then we, he uses this scripture again under E that they are sexless. Sexless, they're not male or female. They're just, okay, so read that one. Let's see what it says. Jesus told them, that's 34, sorry. You said 34 and 35? Yes. Okay, Jesus told them, the children of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are counted worthy to take part in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Okay, referring to angels here. So they're immortal, they're sexless, uh, they're numerous. Uh, under D, uh, the scriptures teach, you know, Jesus, when they were, uh, you know, grabbing him there in the garden, I think that said he could have called 12 legions of angels to come and defend him if he wanted to. Uh, and then... <coughs> Daniel talks about thousands, thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. That's, that's millions, millions of angels. So, And then Luke 2.13, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Hebrews and 12.22, uh, an innumerable company of angels. So that's some of the, uh, the, their nature there. And then number two on page 82, their classification. Since order is the first law of in, in heaven... It is to be expected that the angels be classified according to rank and activity. Such classification is implied by Peter there in his first epistle, 3.22. We read of angels and authorities and power. So first one we're going to talk about is, uh, and this one is basically, uh, our author feels the angel of the Lord is the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. And there's several scriptures here. And this is really tough for your for your uh, peanut brain no <laughs> for my peanut brain to wrap around this but several scriptures we're going to find out here uh, in Genesis refer to the angel of the Lord so let, let's just read this slow and and, and you uh, and you may have already read it today but let's let's see what we can come up with the manner in which the angel of the Lord is described distinguishes him from any other angel 
power of pardoning or retaining transgressions is attributed to him. So we know that there, there's one of the key features that it nearly has to be somebody in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, or the Spirit, because he can pardon or retain transgressions, and the name of God is in him, because it'll say like the angel of the Lord. Uh, uh, so it gives some scriptures here. Mine angel shall go before thee. Uh, he says there in Exodus 33 when they're leaving out of Egypt. My presence, literally my face shall go with you and I will give you rest. The two are combined in Isaiah 63.9. In all their affliction he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. Who's the savior of the world? Jesus. So I mean you can start seeing the the, the pattern there, you know, why didn't they just say Jesus instead of angel of the Lord? I mean, I don't know. I didn't write the, I wasn't the one that inspired these <laughs> authors to, to write this. But, but it, it definitely gets you to, to thinking about two important things are said concerning this angel. First, that Jehovah's name, that is his revealed character, character is in him and that he is Jehovah's face, that is the face of Jehovah may be seen in him. Hello, that's a pretty big clue. Hence he saves, we mentioned that a while ago, and will not pardon transgression, though he has the power. Compare also Jacob's, and we talked about this not too long ago in a sermon, he wrestled with a man all night long. And he said, I will not let thee go unless, unless you bless me. And eventually the Lord uh, smote him with a, hit him in his thigh right here, and he Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his, of his days, but it pretty well in this one, it says, compare this. One cannot avoid uh, the conclusion that this mysterious angel is none other than the Son of God, the Messiah, the Deliverer of Israel, and Savior-to-be of the world. Therefore, the angel of the Lord is really an uncreated being because it's Jesus. <laughs> second part of the... Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of scriptures here that point out that, uh, again, uh, seem to point that it being, you know, the second part of the Trinity, the power to save, uh, uh, the, the different names, angel of the Lord, my presence, my face. So what do y'all think? Any comments? So Jesus had a beginning here on earth and an end here on earth, mm -hmm. right? Is it possible that the angel of the Lord is the way he could have been referenced or existed prior to Jesus? You know, he was in creation. We know that. The Father, the Son, let us create man in our image after our likeness. So we know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all there in creation. So maybe this was just one of his assignments. Yeah, where he came down. Because he didn't take Yep. The angel of the Lord, yeah. Yeah, the angel. To name him Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard to understand. And yet here's now that you've said that, here's another point. After Jesus had already been crucified and already went back to the Father, he, he came and appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. He came all the way back from heaven as an angel and yeah right there no the other guys couldn't see him they could hear his voice but they couldn't 
see him if I remember correctly. You might you might check me on that. I think it's Acts eight, but but yeah, it's uh, pretty. Yeah, okay, you've read it. All right, that's what I was thinking. So yeah, it's uh, makes sense then, doesn't it, that he would just come from heaven and manifest himself as. to direct humanity in God's will. You know, it, it seems like, wow, you know, but right. if it's God himself, then that makes sense. I yeah. think you talking about the church, and I'm going, because I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be uh, absolutely this generation's best tool to, to lead people to Christ. It is, it is it's just, powerful. It's magnificent. And I mean, I'm learning so much. Like, I, I'm, I'm going back and reading John right now, right? I'm on, I read John 3 yesterday. I read John 4 today. so much more it makes it just it's more i can make more sense of it and uh what was i going to say what was the point of the chosen we were talking about uh angels yeah something he did and it was something that uh, he did in season three god damn it and i'm not gonna it, it 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 blows my mind i sit there and every waking moment i get uh i'm playing one of the episodes and so it's amazing that you're reading john three and four because right the series that i watched the last two nights was him uh, in John 3 talking to Nicodemus and then the next one was him with the woman at the well I love the way she gets so excited at the end and runs back and they do such a great job depicting that it is awesome Jesus is cool he jokes around Yeah, that one with Peter in the boat. I did show that in one of my sermons. And the little looks and the... So there's outtakes on every. Oh yeah, yeah, a ton. At the end of every. For every episode, but then they also just do weekly. Uh, he just does weekly. He, he, he interviews all the different actors. Like oh, he interviews. Yeah, wow. and he, 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 his wife is on some of them because she helps do it, and they talk about how the Holy Spirit. It was really it's it's so powerful that the hearing them talk about how they've gotten to where they are. They've had so many failures. So much hardship, and then they just this just landed on them, and and how they uh, this is from their mouth and their explanation how it is absolutely the Holy Spirit driving the process. Wow. So his his wife chose a couple of casted a couple of the actors. So you know they're doing auditions, and she said like Judas was one of them. She uh, she was moved, and and they had already picked who Judas was going to be, and they were auditioning. By the Holy Spirit. That's right. Oh, wow. and, and they talk about how, I mean, it's absolutely their decision making is completely 
driven by the Holy Spirit. Dallas himself says, this is, this is not my creation. I'm just the vessel by which God is using to create this. Hallelujah. And, and, and wow. it's so powerful just hearing them talk about how they make it. And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go off on this. I, except to say, if you haven't watched The Chosen, you've got to sit down and binge it. <laughs> it, it. I am seeing things that I heard and read for all the years that I've been in church that never made sense to me or I didn't connect dots that existed and they're connecting those dots. Powerful. And, uh, it, it, I'm on fire. Like it, it is light and fire in me that <laughs> everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I'm like, I, I had, I had lunch with a, a buddy of mine that's a service writer over here at Joe Cooper. And he's, he sends me scripture every morning, like clockwork for the last three years. He sends me a scripture every morning. And I had, we had lunch today and I mentioned it and he had nothing, he knew nothing about it. He's like, Oh God. And, and, and you know, he is, he is just, he is such a good, good steward, good servant of, of Christ. He's taught me a lot. And so it's not like this is going to help him. But I was just like, you got to go check it out, Doug. And you, like, this is amazing. Wow. But everywhere I go, I'm able to tell people, even if they, you know, if they're not believers or whatever, like my daughter, which I'm trying to get to, to convert, you know, to, mm-hmm. convert, to, to open her heart. And uh, uh, so I, I finally got her watching it, you know, uh, awesome. on her TV in her room. So, yeah, I, I just think it's, I think it's going to be a terrific tool to use to, to reach out to people who otherwise wouldn't give it the time of day because they can understand it, they can connect with it, they can relate with it. Humor, but but yeah. also one last thing I know. The, 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 he, when he's talking to, uh, have you seen he's, when he's talking to uh, Prieter Quintus? Uh, have you seen the part where he goes in and has a conversation with this guy, Jesus? No, I probably did the first time, but I forgot now. Has the power to kill him. He, like, snap his fingers and he's dead. And he is, and they even explain it on the offtakes, how they, he is bold, mm-hmm. candid, but doesn't ever disrespect or push him to make a decision. But also, it, it, and it's, it's like, Because he's reading your mail before he even. That's it. He knows what you're thinking before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he knows how to get to the punch, quick in 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 the best wording, the best semantics, the yeah, best. Right. Like yeah. The, the, the vocabulary. Right. If he's talking to a. a yeah. If he's talking to a prostitute, he knows how to get right to her yeah. heart. If he's talking to a fisherman, you know, he knows how to win him over. He just. With authority, he has authority, while being gentle. I'm always, you know, I'm in a position where I have employees and I'm always in a position.
authority, but I, I am terrible at coming off as being a bully or being not being gentle and not being lowly or being a servant, a right. servant, true aggressor. Yeah. And I see how he doesn't he, usurp his authority. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd be blessed. Yeah. Corey can get you set up with it. He can show you after church, I bet you. It's awesome. Awesome. So, classification. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, this angel of the Lord. How many, how many of you understand flow charts? You, you know, if you're in a business, you understand the flow charts. You got this guy, and then under him's the assistants, and under him is the, the associates, and... Anyway, so next, huh? Yeah, there you go. The, the archangel, Michael, is mentioned as the archangel or the chief angel in Jude 9, Revelation 12. He appears as the guardian angel of the Israelitish nation in Daniel 12. The manner in which Gabriel is mentioned would also indicate that he also was of very high rank. He stands in the presence of God, and to him are committed messages of the highest importance. Michael. Yep. We'll get to Gabriel here in a little bit, I think. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then number three is elect angels. That word elect means chosen. There are certain ones that are chosen. Uh, are probably those angels which stood true to God during Satan's rebellion. So there's, they've been chosen. They're in a special class because they didn't go along with the prince uh, angel there, uh, Satan. So angels of the nations, Daniel 10 talks about that. Uh, they're over certain areas and certain domains. Uh, it seems every race has its guardian angel, which is concerned with the welfare of that nation. It was time for the Jews to return from captivity, and Daniel set himself to pray and fasting. This is in Daniel 9 for their return. After three weeks, 21 days, an angel appeared and gave as a reason for the delay the fact that the prince or the angel of Persia had opposed the return of the Jews, perhaps being reluctant to lose their influence with the land of Persia. So that kind of lets you know that an angel held, uh, held it up. He said, I've been praying for 21 days. Why was this not my prayer answered? And that, that was the answer, that the angel of Persia had opposed the return of the Jews. So pretty, pretty crazy stuff, huh? The angel tells him that in... His petition for the return of the Jews, he had no supporter except Michael, the prince of the Hebrew nation. So there's Michael referenced again. Uh, prince of the Greeks was no more inclined than the prince of the Persians to favor the departure of the Jews. The New Testament word principalities may refer to these angelic princes of the nations. It is used of both good and bad for every good angel's all the good angels that are assigned to a nation, there are bad angels that, uh, you know, for we wrestle not against 
flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and mights and dominions. So in, in the angelic, in the good angelic order, there's the good ones. And in the evil angel, as we're going to discover later, there's order uh, again, you know. So uh, E, cherubims, used a lot in the... Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're talking about good and, and evil angels, but when we're talking right now, going through this this org chart of heaven, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, so like the angels of the nations, those are there are just the good angels of the nations, right? There are not, or are there? There's bad ones too. Yeah. But there, are, but elect angels, those are obviously just good angels, right? There can't be bad ones. Right, right. It says these are the ones that like yep. good again. This section we're studying the good ones. But then, okay. then at the, in the couple so three pages, so I'm, yeah. I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the in the after we talk about Satan, then we'll get to uh, uh, the fallen angels, and that will be that will be them. So yeah, there's uh, it's kind of in my mind, you know, the good angels and the bad angels. It's kind of like the flesh versus the spirit compared to us. You know, we wrestle with the flesh, don't we? You know, the same way the. The good angels that are assigned to certain nations, they're wanting good for this nation. And yet demonic oppression, these uh, demonic fallen angels are trying to thwart, you know, and stop. They're 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 a little different. This book category if you look at the front of this chapter at the at the outline here. Yeah, they're going to come under both under the category wicked spirits. So there's fallen angels, and then there's demons. So they, he categorizes them as two separate, uh, you know, entities there. So, okay, the cherubims, they're mentioned a lot in the Old Testament. Uh, I know even in the building of the temple, they carved the cherubims, you know, into the, into the uh, ark. Yeah, the Holy of Holies and different things. So... They appear to be a high rank connected with God's uh, ret retributive uh, and redemptive purposes concerning man. They're described as having the face of a lion, a man, an ox, an eagle. Uh, they have lion-like strength, man-like intelligence, eagle-like speed, and ox-like service. Now, wouldn't you like to just see the heavens roll back one night and just watch what's... what's <laughs> there you go there you go yeah because a lot of these cherubims were, were described that way with six we know wings up here wings down here wings that come down on the feet and all kinds of yeah different different creatures than us all right uh seraphims uh, isaiah saw them uh we don't know a lot about them uh one writer thinks that they can constitute the very highest order of angels also and that their distinguishing characteristics is a most burning love for God so they're more of a worshiping type angels they may be the ones that we see when we take when John the revelator looked into you know into heaven and saw the the 24 elders around the throne and the seraphims worshiping and worshiping and, and praising God so uh, okay their character they're obedient they fulfill their commissions without question or hesitancy. Therefore, when we pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
so there's some scriptures there. They, they are obedient to do what the master's perfect will is. And sometimes we don't understand God's will. Sometimes it's, it doesn't look like it's a good thing. You know, we, I don't know if any of y'all have ever been through some times in your life when you're like, what can be the good <laughs> that comes out of this? But uh, I don't know if you've lived as long as, well, you haven't lived as long as me, but you've, you've, some of you have lived long enough to see that even in the midst of that adversity or trial, God was strengthening you. He was building character in you. He was doing some things to prep you, you know, for the next level. And the next devil, <laughs> you're going to be fine. You know, every level that you move up, there's a new devil that's going to attack you and try to keep you from reaching the next one. <laughs> story of, of Simon Peter and, and the apostles in the boat and there being a storm and Jesus walking on water and coming and okay that, that plays out and uh, he says something and I'm waiting on it, it comes out tonight and so when we get done here I'm going to go home and watch it <laughs> with captions on because I didn't catch what he said and it's got to be in scripture but uh, Simon Peter is, is breaking down and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of backstory the way they explain it shows and in the Bible, you know, they, they have, to have some creative, because it doesn't explain, you know, the Bible, I think, and, and you can tell me, but the Bible explains that Simon Peter was um, angry at God, right? Not not necessarily losing faith, but was questioning. Not, question, yeah, not in a good place. Not, not happy. Well, they, they add some story there, but I don't know that it's in the Bible. And um, But anyway, Jesus, uh, during all the commotion and the drama that Jesus leans over to him and says, and I don't, I'm paraphrasing, but, but essentially says, because uh, he's asking, there are some things that happen, and, and, and he's asking, why, why have you done this? And, he's, and he essentially says, but for these hardships, or uh, you wouldn't have the faith, or you, this, these hardships build your faith, mm -hmm. build your endurance, they're preparing you oh. for what is to so it's just exactly what you're saying. But, wow. You know, it, it, it's not as if, and, and John says to Peter, you know, Peter's mad. I can't go into it because I don't want to run it. Peter's mad about something, and John says, it would have happened, and, 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 Peter, and Peter's saying, well, I don't understand why this is happening. If I'm, you know, being this good apostle and following Jesus, why is he letting this happen? And John looks at him and says, this would have happened even if you were still a fisherman. And so just relating it back to our lives, when all these bad things happen in our lives, it's not because we're following Christ. It's not because we're not following Christ. Bad things happen. But to good people. That's right. And, and by following Christ, we will learn to take those, strengthen our faith, yep. and become stronger and, and better servants yeah. to Christ. And it all played out. With every so yeah. powerful. Yeah. With every test, there's a testimony, isn't there? Right. If we allow it, you know, for sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. So they're obedient. They are reverent. Their highest activity, what do you think it is? Worship. On, on page 84 there. They are, they are wise as an angel to discern good and 
bad. That was a proverbial expression in Israel. Angelic intelligence exceeds that of men in this life, but is necessarily finite. Now, I like this. Angels cannot directly discern our thoughts, and their knowledge of the mysteries of grace is limited. First uh, Peter 1.12 speculates one writer said this, It is held that their intellectual images are so far more comprehensive than our own that a single image in the angelic mind may compromise more details than a lifetime of study might reveal to us here. Does that blow you away? Wow. A lifetime of us learning all the things that we... True. Good point. Yeah, there you go. They've been around a while. Exactly. Good point, Lisa. They are meek. They don't harbor personal resentments. Neither do they rail against their opponents. They're mighty. They excel in strength. Psalms 103.20 says that. They're holy, being set apart by and for God. But they're not holy enough to be worshipped. Always keep that in, in mind. If you, you know, there's, uh, I'm not sure, uh, I think there's some religions that perhaps worship angels, but, uh, but it's, uh, they're not to be worshipped. They're holy, they're set apart by God, which we are chosen too. We are chosen. Uh, Peter says it, know you not, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, uh, Okay, their work. Here's what they do. They're God's agents. They're mentioned as the ex executors of God's decrees of judgment. Wow. And it lists some scriptures here. Uh, Numbers 22, that's the story of, of Balaam and the donkey, the talking donkey. Anybody ever read that scripture? You know, he's going down through there. God's trying to get him to do something, and he's rebelling, and... Uh, Three different times, this donkey sees an angel blocking the way, and he he kind of jerks to the side and already throws uh, Balaam off of it. And that you know, first time he cusses or ramps ramps on the donkey. The second time he, you know, hits him. And third time he's beating him with a stick. And finally, God has the angel of the donkey start talking to him and saying, "Hey," <laughs> and eventually Balaam realizes that the donkey that had been with him all these years was trying to literally, uh, he was dodging the angel that was in the way. God was trying to get his attention that I don't want you doing this, going to do this. And so anyway, it's uh, read that for yourself if you want to. It's, it's, uh, it's the second scripture there, Numbers 22, 22 through 27. So uh, pretty, pretty incredible. So they're God's agents. They're God's messengers. That's the... The word uh, I think I used a while ago in the in the Greek, uh, angelos, means messenger. Uh, through angel, God sends annunciations, uh, warnings. Remember the story of, of uh, you know Joseph and Mary. What happened? An angel of the Lord appeared unto them and and talked to both of them to you know reassure Joseph that it's it's okay that she's with child. It's not because she's been with another man. It's because the angel of the Lord is. You know, come upon her, and she's going to have a, and you're going to name his name Jesus, and then he, you know, prepares Mary in the same way. So there's warnings from him, there's instruction, and again, if you 
Uh, I wish we had more time to, to read some of these scriptures here, but they're powerful. Please, if you, as you study through here, take the time to, uh, to do that. Uh, they're God's servants. Are they not all ministering spirits? This is in Hebrews 1.14. Sent forth to what? Minister or serve. That word minister means serve for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Angels are, are sent to sustain uh, to preserve, you know, that's kind of what that angel was doing to me that day. I was going through a discouraging time. There was lots of problems in that church, and, and uh, the Lord sent him by there just to encourage me, say, I've seen what you're doing here. Keep standing for what, what I've told you to. Do not be discouraged, and, and I'm with you. And then he sent that angel just to, uh, to reaffirm that, to preserve, to deliver, to intercede, and to minister to the righteous even after death. They can come and give uh, peace. And my mom, after my father died when I was nine months old, she had a, an angelic visit two or three times that she would be almost to the point of you know, trying to raise three uh, kids by herself. She would get really down, down, down. And, and uh, you know, finances were low. It was tough times. And uh, three different times... Lord would send an angel to, to speak to her heart, even in the midst of, and it's in the book that I'm, that I'm writing right now, but even when my dad was killed, the day he was killed, when my mother and brother and sister were trapped down in this basement, fire all around them and no hope, and my dad had run up the stairs with a five-gallon bucket of gasoline, and literally the stairs, the only way out that they knew of was a, an inferno of just roaring flames, and uh, an angel of the Lord, you know, all this fire is raining. It said it just went just calm and, and clear as, as my voice is tonight. This angel uh, of the Lord said, turn around and look up. And my mom turned around and on the wall behind her, she was looking towards where the fire was, turned around and looked up and there was windows, you know, little small windows right along the line of where the property met the ground, you know, kind of to let light in. During the, light, during the day, and so she grabbed a uh, uh, clothes folding table that was up, you know, about this high, where people would sit there and fold their clothes, shoved it up under that window, and pushed my brother and sister out, and then she crawled out and discovered my dad out there, you know, just still uh, burning to a, to a crisp. But anyway, three, three different times, even that was one time, but two times after that, she, she had angelic. Uh, presence in her room that just just reassured her that I'm with you these kids you're going to raise them they're going to be you know godly all the days of their life <laughs> it's just man y'all are just yeah pretty pretty powerful stuff so don't t you can't tell me angels don't don't exist so uh, reading the above scriptures and again I encourage you to read them in the light of our Lord's words Matthew 18 10 some have formulated the doctrine of guardian angels which teaches that each believer has a special angel assigned to guide and protect him through life. We had a, a drama team. We had two drama teams there in the church that I pastored in Hobbs. And I'll never forget, one of the young men did a, it was my birthday or some anniversary or something. He, he did a skit. I, I rode motorcycles back then. And he came up on the skit and did a, about a three-minute uh, kind of a skit about me and my guardian 
angel riding that Harley, you know, or whatever around. Said, man, he, he puts me through some pretty tough times sometimes, you know, this guardian angel. Pretty, I wish I had a recording of that. It's pretty, pretty funny. He went on to, he, he went on to be a pretty good drama director, Jason did. And, uh, but anyway, pretty funny. So back to this. They, they contend that the words in Acts 12, 15 imply, let's read that. Somebody read Acts 12, 15 that the first Christian so understood his words. We cannot be dogmatic or stubborn about the matter. However, the promises of angels' help are sufficiently numerous and plain to prove a source of encouragement to every Christian. There's probably some angels that have helped you all at some point in your life. There's got to be. Got to be. Hand him that microphone. <laughs> Talking about Mayberry in Eastern Iowa, <laughs> I had this crash on my bicycle at about seven, and this real nice, kind, and generous young man takes me to Larry's house. I never told him who Larry was. <laughs> wow. wow. He didn't know who Larry Williams was. But he took you there. He took me there and got me, you know, fixed up. And then was just gone. Yeah, yeah. and uh, nobody. This this is you know really a, a Mayberry. The town's grown now for different reasons, but <coughs> I didn't know who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Wow. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that day I was I was blessed. Yes, an angelic presence. Oh, okay, X twelve fifteen. They said to her, you are beside yourself, yet she kept insisting that it was so, so they said, it is this angel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. So there you go. Uh, okay, that's the good angels and their rank, their order, their characteristics, their nature. Uh, part two of this, we're going to find out that one of them fell out of the good status and went to the he, he became you know he said I will exalt myself I'll become like the most high God I you know five different I statements and sure enough got thrown out of heaven and as he was leaving he took one third of the angels with him and you can read this in Isaiah 14 that's what I was just talking about and then also in Ezekiel uh, some people assure us that there is no such being as the devil anybody ever heard that there's no devil you know, it's just life yeah, there's no, it's just life, things happen, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, the popular conception of a horned, <laughs> cloven-footed, hideous-looking devil is taken from pagan mythology and not from the Bible. According to the scriptures, Satan was originally Lucifer, literally the light-bearer, the most glorious of the angels, but he proudly aspired to be like the Most High and fell into the condemnation of the devil. So we notice the background of the accounts in Isaiah 14. That's the one I was just referring to. 
it starts by talking about Babylon and Tyre. Uh, Tyre, they are first addressed before the account of Satan's fall. One answer, uh, you know, why is it talking about that? And then it jumps to one answer is that the prophet described Satan's fall for a practical purpose. And this also, Terry's taught on this, sometimes scriptures can have what we call a double reference. And this is one case right here where it has, you know, it's an application to something right there locally and what's happening at that moment, but it also has spiritual applications. So certain of the kings of Babylon and Tyre blasphemously claimed worship as divine beings and made their subjects the playthings of their ruthless ambition. In order to warn about such, God's inspired prophets drew the veil from the dim past and depicted the fall of the rebel angel who said, I will be like God. The lesson was, if God punished the blasphemous pride of the high angel, he will now, he will not fail to judge any king who dares to usurp uh, the place of God. Notice how Satan tried to infect the first parents with his spirit. Genesis 3 and 5. And note he, how disappointed pride and ambition still consume him so that he desires to be worshipped. He tried it with Jesus from over in the New Testament, didn't he? He still wants, he wants everybody to worship him and to exalt him. And he wants to be above, above God. So as a penalty for his wickedness, Satan was cast out of heaven together with a group of angels whom he had enlisted in his rebellion. Uh, he attempted to gain Eve as an ally, but God thwarted that plot and said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. So uh, anyway, we're gonna, I want to stop just for a minute here too and... Uh, we want to get caught up tonight, and before we run out of time, I want to make sure. Can you take, pass those around there? Just pass them around, and uh, we're on our uh, questions here. For every book, there's always questions also. Did y'all get enough? All right. Okay, so we're going to go back and look at these really quick, and then we'll come back with the last few minutes and talk about the devil's character but question number one in our uh, study goes plumb back to page 18 and we should be should have been doing this as we go along but here we are what number one what is the logical reason why God used a book this is under the section under scriptures remember that uh, to reveal his purpose to man Number one, uh, or the A part of that number, it's the best method of preserving truth. That's on page 18. Yep, there at the bottom under number three. And then the second part of that is on page 19. It's available to all mankind and it continues intact. It hasn't changed, has it? The Word of God. The infallible uh, truth of God's word, so that it would continue intact throughout the ages, and from which all people could procure the same standard. Are people trying to change the word? Have they done it down through the years? Yeah, there's still preachers today that don't preach the full the full counsel of the word of God, and they try to change it to meet society's needs, or to be popular, or to 
tickle people's ears or whatever, but uh, I'm glad we teach the, that's one reason you're in this class. I want you to teach the full counsel of the Word of God, and it, it's not my place to like it or dislike it. As a preacher, you're, you'll have to learn that. You know, you're, you're not up there to be popular. You're trying to keep people out of hell. You know, basically, you're trying to tell them what you're a representative of God, basically, standing up there uh, throwing a lifeline, you know, to people that are perishing, and you're trying to teach them some things that will keep them from making maybe some of the same pitfalls that you've had in your life, you know. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, does anybody ever say ouch when I'm up there preaching? <laughs> ouch. All right. Uh, number two. In what way does inspiration differ from illumination? Y'all remember talking about that? It's a little bit of. John actually taught the lesson on that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, one is more permanent and one is more uh, kind of here and, and then gone. So on page 22, uh, as to illumination, it, it can be permanent and ongoing. And whereas inspiration, a little farther down there, on the other hand, inspiration was intermittent. The prophet could not prophesy at will, but was subject to the will of the Spirit. So when the Spirit came upon him, then he would speak forth. So, all right. Number three. We're going to jump to page 34 and 35. And you can write these pages if you want to down in your side note there or whatever. I didn't give you a lot of room. In fact, that says to, if you want to write out the whole thing, you can get a separate piece of paper. But me, I write pretty small, so I scribble it in where I can kind of read it. Give the three reasons why we attempt to prove the existence of God since the scriptures makes no such attempt. Number one, and it's on the bottom of 34, to convince genuine seekers after God, that is people whose faith has been obscured by some difficulty and who say, I wish to believe in God, show me that it is reasonable to do so. So it's to convince, number one, it's the short answer, to convince genuine seekers. Number two, right at the very bottom, the last paragraph of that page. Second, to strengthen the faith of those who already believe. That's the reason we have discipleship, right? We're strengthening your... Every time you come to one of these or you come on Wednesday night and you hear the Word of God, your faith should be rising up to another level, right? Faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God. And then finally on page 35, in order to enrich our knowledge of the nature of God. The more I study, the more I realize the nature of God. Isn't he awesome? Wow. Wow. All right. So number four, I'm going to jump forward to page 69 here. Uh, what is the preeminent work of each of the three in the Godhead. What's the three that are in the Godhead? Uh, 69. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So on uh, page 69, they're about the middle of the book, of the middle of the page. 
Yep. There. Yep. And then part of that, too, the, the Father creates, the Son redeems, the Holy Spirit sanctifies. So that's part of that. There's quite a bit of stuff there. That one may be one you do want to uh, write out there on another piece of paper because, again, these are pretty short. Then sanctifies. And then number five, that's on the page that we just, page 85. Finally, get me caught up here. Uh, as God's servants, what are some of the works of angels? Page 85. Uh, here we go at the bottom. Uh, God's servants, uh, they are to sustain, to preserve, to deliver, to intercede, to minister to the righteous after death. So. Intercede. Okay, we're caught up now. Well, we still got a few. Can anybody handle ten more minutes of me? Hallelujah! Y'all are so such a good uh, attentive audience. <laughs> okay, so we're down here at the bottom of page eighty-six. His character. We're talking about Satan. We know he's been cast out of heaven. He's he's wanting people to worship him. So we're going to look and see if we if we compare the devil's character to God's character. It's uh, night and day. I should say darkness and light <laughs> difference, right? Darkness and light difference. So uh, again, Satan uh, in the Greek is Satanas, S-A-T-A-N-A-S. It means the accuser, the devil. In the Hebrew, it's Satan, S-A-W. T-A-W-N, that means slanderer or arch enemy of good. He does not like anything good. How about God? God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So, again, we see again the, the direct opposite. Satan means adversary, uh, Y'all remember I preached a sermon several months back on, on, on the enemy that we give him no place, no advantage, no foothold, no opportunity. Uh, you can't mess around with him. You have to exercise your exousia, your delegated authority, put him in his place, and don't take his crap. <laughs> Can I say that? Do not take his crap. Yeah. Not today, devil. <laughs> yeah. How many of y'all catch yourself? Your mind's starting to, you know, something's happening with the kids or at work or something, and the enemy starts, you know, you just have to quickly. Uh, I use the word rebuke. I rebuke you, Satan. Get thee behind me, you know. It's not going to happen today. I know what you're up to by planning that. That thought in my mind, and I'm not. We're not going there, in the name of Jesus. And he, he's a coward. 
You know, it says when we put him in his place, what does he do? He flees. I think there's a scripture here. We'll get to it in a... He, he's a... I won't say the word that we used to say, but it's chicken... <laughs> you know, blank. Fill in the blank. You know, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, he, he is... He, he's, he's really a coward, but uh, he, he roars around. You know, like he's the king of the jungle, and in all reality, he's... Is what we allow him to be. There you go. Because he can, it's not necessarily that the bark's worse than the bite, because the bite can be pretty darn bad, but it's because you let him. That's right. You can give him place, don't you? Yeah. Good point, John. Yeah. Some people live their whole life and don't grab that. Yeah. They just think happenstance, you know, this just woe is me or whatever. This is. stories I, I have a temper right and uh, when bad things happen I, uh, I can lash out like that's something that I've really been working on over the last couple of years uh, if for nothing else for my daughters I want them to always be fearful that dad's gonna get mad you know and um, anyway I I, uh, I, I, took, I had so I had $800 Yeah, and and I woke up and got busy with the girls, and the day carried on, and it wasn't until the next morning that I went to go check my pants pocket. You know, I normally empty my pants pocket and put on my sink in the night, but it wasn't until the next morning that I realized, where'd that money go? So I went over and checked my pants pocket, and it wasn't there. And I could not remember, I still don't remember ever taking that out of my pocket. And I was like, and I remembered, I was like, I never took it out of my So I started backtracking my steps. I was like, well, I remember I had it at church. And then I remembered at Chili's, I had it when I reached in to grab my wallet. And I thought we were so, there was so much distraction going on when we were leaving. You had left your phone. I went back. I usually do a, a once over. And there was the booster chair there that was blocking the floor. And it was, I was, I was at a once over, but I couldn't see the floor. And I was like, I had to have dropped it there. But it, no. And it was actually 850 I, 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 uh, Good news is I found the money. Um, but <laughs> Hallelujah. I, but the old Corey, all these thoughts start going through my head. Of, I'm in trouble. I'm, I need this money. If I don't have this money, I'm going to be you know, just, just the worst doomsday. Mm. Right? Doomsday. Mm. So 
I don't realize it until the morning. I'm getting up to take the girls to school. Mornings can be stressful to take the kids to school, right? Am I right? Monday morning, too. (laughs) That's right. You're trying to get kids up and get them ready and get them fed and get them off to school and do they have their stuff and yada, yada, yada. And as we're walking out the doors, when I realize the money's missing, and so my stress is high, and I have to, I I, I said it, I stopped. And this is new for me. This is new because when I'm in that place, I spiral quickly. And when I start spiraling, there's no, you know, there's no, it's not, there's no reason. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being, uh, yeah, I'm just being uh, foul mouth, uh, reckless. And because I have a position of authority in my life, and I don't have a boss, I don't have anyone to tell me differently, I can get away with this sometimes. And the only person to hold me into account is, is myself. And in that moment, I said, I just said it out loud. I said, dear Lord, let me forget about this and get these girls to school. And the girls heard me, and then, you know, they're seeing more and more of it now. They're not used to seeing dad in other things. And, and so I, 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 I couldn't let it go. I'm not going to sit here and say I was, I was still eating me. But I took the girls to school. And actually, I dropped my first daughter off. The younger, I dropped, dropped Brinley off. And then after I dropped her off, Bella was causing a stir. And I just started praying out loud. And she's like, Dad, you're scaring me. Mm. And I said, honey, I, I am saying out loud what I would be saying in my head because I want you to know I'm saying it, and I want to be able to say it without interruption. Anyway, so I started praying. And I still couldn't, I can't explain it. I, I mean, it's just like if you get really bad news. You can't shake it, right? Maybe like you get pulled over and get a traffic ticket. It sticks with you all day long, right? Mm. It's like, God, I don't want to pay that ticket. You know, $200 just yeah. gone, yeah. Yeah, or it's gonna, I'm going to raise my insurance. It just sticks with you all day. You know the next day it's going to be less, and the next day it's going to be less. It's not a big deal. You're right. At, the end of the day, at that moment, it's go. it's a big deal. Yeah. big deal. So I come home, but I, it, all of this is to say it was a true struggle. It, it, this is a type of thing that can be a struggle for me, and this was a true struggle for me. And so I get home, I get Bella to school, and I get back home, and I'm like, I look everywhere. I can't find it. And I called Sheila, and I was like, can you help me? Because I'm thinking, if a woman goes up there and tries to look for the money, first off, she's closer. But a woman, if she, if she goes up there, they're going to be more sim- sympathetic, more willing to help than if it's me. If it's me, they're going to be like, just kick rocks. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, can you help? And she was willfully helping. So she actually came up to the church to make sure it didn't get dropped here. She went to Chili's and talked to the manager, and no money had been found, of course. And, but she did all that for me. And while she was doing that, I laid down, I sat down, I prayed. But I ended up, I said, I'm just going to take a nap because I have the freedom. I'm great. I'm so grateful. So I prayed and I said, thank you, Lord, for giving me the freedom to take a nap because I'm going to take a nap. And I, and I said, I said, I said, I know it's not a big deal. Like it's $800. It's a lot of money, but it, it will come and it will go. And I said, Lord, I don't expect you to, you know, I just, I just, I, just, I, I didn't, I didn't say, Lord, please help me find my money is what I'm getting at. I said, this is my fault. It's, I'm the one that was careless with it. It's very out of character for me to if it's lost, it's lost. I actually said, I hope if someone found it and they decide to not turn it back in, I hope that they need it. I hope that they need there it. There you go. Use it for something good. And, and then I, I took a nap because I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't happy about it. You know what I mean? I even woke up and, I, and, I, and Sheila was like, they didn't have it. And that's when she's giving me the bad news. And I was like, well, I've got the server's name. Maybe I should file a police report. You know, you start thinking about, and I'm like, because I just, I want my money back. It's, I'm getting petty being petty. I finally said, you know what? 
letting it go. And I, it, took, it, took, it took, this is at this point, you know, I, I take, get up and take the girls to school at, uh, uh, we leave the house at 7 in the morning. At this point, it's going on about 11.30. Four and a half hours. I'm, it's just eating my lunch. And I'm trying to turn it over. And that's the point of the story is normally this eat my lunch all day long. And I'm trying to turn it over. And I'm telling them, I'm like, this is eating my lunch. And, like, and John was over helping fix the sink. And I was on FaceTime with Sheila. And I'm just like, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to shake it, but it's got, it's really got a good grip on me. Um, but I finally felt like, okay, it is what it is. I got to let it go. I got to move on with my day, right? I'm just going to go make it. And as I let it go and was ready to move on with my day, I decided I'm going to go check. I, I have a drawer in my, in my desk in my office at home, and I keep it locked. And it's where I keep my wedding band from, you know, my late wife and, all my important stuff. It's like a fire safe, but it's not a fire safe. And um, I hadn't, I don't, I do not re recollect being in, I do not remember going in there. But anyway, I grabbed my key, which is in my bedroom, took it into my office. And I'm telling everyone <coughs> my key, my safe. I hope no one, this is public, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to go get a safe tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I go into my office. You're in good company. <laughs> and I open my drawer, and lo and behold, right there. there and is. I'm telling you, I do not remember taking it out of my britches. I don't remember, and, it, and I'm not saying that it's some divine intervention. But actually, the story isn't about the money. The story is about how I felt when I lost the money. How you reacted. Yeah. Yes, how I was out of control. I felt out of control, but I was able to hone it in. I was able to bring it in. I didn't take go. it out on my girls. Growth. Growth. And it, and it was just it was being able to say it again. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, 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 and it was really just praying. I, I mean, I just did a lot of praying. And, and so for me, that was a no. That's what we, that was the point of the story is we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting Satan out of your head. I'm not Satan saying that Satan was in my head, but I was definitely thinking some really terrible thoughts about something that, that in the grand scheme of things, is pretty petty. Yeah, awesome. Growing right there. I'm Where's moving my money, by the way. No one come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Footnote, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, we're, we're uh, we, will, we will start there. Uh, when we meet again on top of 87, talking about Satan and literally meaning adversary, and he's definitely, uh, you know, the 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 definition of him, the arch enemy of God. He's definitely that, and he's your enemy. You know, he's not he's not your friend. You, uh, as, as I've mentioned, you don't want to mess with him. I, I I don't know how I got off on it Sunday, but I I got on somehow. Was it this Sunday or the Sunday before? It was two Sundays ago. About Casting out devils, you know, or something out here, one out here on the yeah. front of the, the porch and stuff when, you know, you better be prayed up. And uh, But I don't mess around. I don't let them attack me. When, when I'm going against a demonic power, I, I'm kind of like David and Goliath. I run towards it, you know, with my sling, you know, which is the, the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you, uh, you, you uh, put them in their place quickly and... Uh, <laughs> but um, it's that relationship that's working, you know, because we have that authority, but if we don't have that relationship with Christ, and we don't have that constant walk and that constant... Give her that mud, yeah, yeah. With the, with the Holy Spirit, you know, 
I can't think of the verse, but you know, when when the demon says, "I I know Paul," <laughs> yeah, but I don't know you, you know, and it's like, yeah, the seven know, sons like, of Siva trying to yeah right, imitate like, Paul, and I don't know who you are, you know, and they got whooped like, up on. <laughs> make make sure that you're you know in your right place, you know, and and that you are prayed up, and that you you do have you're, you're wielding your sword properly and not. Well, you know, I, I attend a warm a warm body in a seat on the Sundays I get there, so I'm going to go ahead and try to cast this out real quick. <laughs> well, good luck, yeah. you know. So, because like I said, those are the only ones I've encountered, and it, it can get ugly and it can get yeah. scary, but when you walk in that authority and you are prayed up, yeah. it, it don't take long. Yeah, you've, you've, you've ministered to the down and out and those that are addictions and You've probably right. seen a lot of well, I've, yeah, well, I've, demonic power and I've influence. I've interacted with, um, you know, during during the, the times of my invol- involvement with witchcraft and things of that nature, um, people who they call, in, in that arena, it's referred to as channeling of a spirit, but in reality, it's an open willingness to become possessed. And yeah. that I have encountered on multiple occasions mm-hmm. from back then. And then as a minister, you know, we've had a couple of students. Yeah, right. So, yeah, you've got some good perspective. And, and the right. next time we meet, we're going to get into that somehow, that you can open yourself up yes. to a demonic, you know, these people that are soothsayers and read your fortune. And there's mediums out there that we talked about. You know, there's there's the good ones, but forever good one. There's uh, these other ones that are trying to, uh, you know, ruin your life the same way the devil is. And they're his little cohorts and and uh, go about doing evil and oppressing and influencing and destroying. So, good stuff. Anybody learn anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me yes, t- I didn't really know much about the Good Holy Spirit. You learned a lot? Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Amen. Can you go kill us in there? Yeah, but, uh, yeah we'll just... Uh, we'll go ahead and pray this out.